Welcome to today's episode of Did You Really Say That? On this podcast, we are truly disrupting the entire world of business education and breaking down barriers for female entrepreneurs because, to be completely honest, all three of us just got tired of a lot of the training and education that's out there, and we wanted a place for females to feel like they could mastermind together and create more fun and play in their business. So during our podcast, you might find yourself saying, did she really say that? Because we're really challenging a lot of the traditional methods that are going in on inside the business world, because we really truly want more females to actually start unlocking their millions and doing it in a way that creates more fun play and ease for them. So in case we haven't met, my name is Karen Angeli. I'm one of the co-founders here inside of Truth Bomb Marketing. And um, I'm all about bringing back the fun. We just we just talked about that. Like we want to see you having more fun in your business. And for me, I discovered years ago that I just wasn't having fun. So I want to show you the steps I took to actually start enjoying what I was doing again. Mm-hmm. I love it. My name is Heidi Muma, and I'm one of the uh, another one of the co-founders here inside Truth Bomb Academy. And I love to have fun when realizing profit in our businesses. I got really tired of constantly feeding my business and not actually um, taking an income or even having a bonus once in a while or having the company pay for something that I just automatically paid out of my own pocket because my company didn't have a financial plan, didn't have an effective cash management system. And when you do, when you actually can pay yourself every time you bring, whether it's $20, $500, $10,000, you can realize profit in your business. That makes business fun. Yeah, we like fun business. But yeah. the other part of running a business is having that operations in. Mm-hmm. And so my name is Chef Katrina. Um, I am one of, again, another co-founder. There's three of us, by the way, if you haven't heard that out by now. If you listen <laughs> to our podcast, did you listen? <laughs> you'll notice there's three of us. So mm-hmm. um, and we've all come together from different areas and different walks of life and business to kind of really talk about what it is to be a female entrepreneur in business. I love systems and operations. One of the things for me is how do you minimize your expenses around running your business because too many times we have a lot of gadgets a lot of gizmos a lot of fancy tools that are out there i've got gadgets and gizmos we went there you just never know what we're gonna say on here or sing Um, (laughs) the thing is, is I was getting frustrated with like all these expenses and all these things that we're told to have to be able to run a profitable business that were actually killing our business. Mm. So how do you add the, the simplicity and fun of automation into your business, letting go of the things you don't need anymore in your business so that you can have the time and flexibility to spend with your family and friends and really do what you wanted why you got into business was to have fun flexibility and travel more so yeah and money money's money money we we like money and that's really what we're talking about today we're talking about money like we 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 like to talk about this topic because this is a huge sticking point for a lot of females when it comes to money and the management of your money and um, is the word budget? Is that a dirty word? Or she is the word? She said a dirty word. No, oh, is it? Is it a dirty word? I don't know. But like, it, that's the whole. That's the whole question. Like, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast. Like, how do we want to, as as the co-founders of Truth Bomb, how do we want to allocate our funds when they're coming in? 
pay ourselves? How does that look like? Um, when are we paying ourselves? And having these conversations that um, sometimes aren't had enough. If you're in business by yourself, sometimes you don't have this conversation with yourself. Like this is an oh. important thing to talk to yourself about. <laughs> How am I going to do this? What is this going to look like? So, yeah. I mean, and Katrina, you brought up something really interesting is that if you don't have a financial plan, but and you have a business, do you really have a business if you don't have that financial plan? Like yeah. what, what is that going to look like? So and it's so important because I've seen this just recently too. This is kind of like where this comes up. And even for myself is by not having that financial structure, not being able to kind of predict your business and not understand how the money's coming in and what you're selling and why you're selling that and really understanding your expenses, right? Mm -hmm. We, that's, that's the big thing. And I just saw, again, I, I was talking with somebody and they, they just went under for their business. It was, was very successful. And yet the financial structure of it wasn't in place. They didn't see the numbers. And I know, I think a lot of times women are told that we don't know how to do math. I think there, there's a there's a cultural and, and a time period where women were said, oh, well, you're not good with numbers. It's okay. I'll take care of that for you. Like it, it is, it's a, if you've ever talked with any women, it, it's sometimes they, we hear that is, oh, you're just not good with numbers. And I know we've been trying to change that conversation for years. That's but, why they're trying to get women into mathematics and science uh -huh. and everything else is they're trying to shift that conversation to get something. There's so many, and, and the, the, hmm. talking about that, there's so many things with STEM that that they, that all of those encompass um, the scholarships and everything, especially for women are available. But when you say um, we're not good with numbers and we're told we're not good with numbers, but of all the married women I talk to, they're the ones who are in control of the household funds. They they keep the numbers of the, like they pay the bills. They are in charge of keeping um, the everything balanced and everything um, uh, accounted they, for. They pay the electric bill, they pay the phone bills, they pay they the mortgage, the they do the groceries, they, you know. but they also keep track of all the bills. Yeah. And, and it was like, so I've been married twice, both times. Neither husband could pay could could pay bills. <laughs> Neither time. The first one, he he had a business and he wrote the checks for the wrong amounts. Oh God! At all. So we two <laughs> into his business, and let me tell you, he gra he graduated. He's 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 a genius. He was an absolute genius. But when it came to just details like that, it went out the window. So he got fired from bookkeeping day. Yes, week like two. Yes, week quickly. Two, yeah. But yeah. anyhow, that's a, that's a complete side story, but it was just cracks me up because they do. It's like women are not, do not dominate in the math fields. We don't dominate in the science fields. Now it's changing. More women are going into science. I actually have two nieces who have math majors and, and it was like, so it is changing, but it's slowly changing. Yeah. And, and I think what was fascinating this, this week, we had a conversation with a bookkeeper and um she and she was like, she said when she, in, when she has interviewed people to hire, she, she found herself more often than not hiring men. And, and when she went back and thought about it, she was like, re realized like what and went through her head, how the interviews went, what she was looking for, what was she was asking. And so often it was like why she didn't hire the women was because when it came down to the numbers, it came down to like, well, what are you looking for in a salary? They always 
went went low. Back it was it was like they started really low, and then they went poo poo, and then they went backwards. Like so, they, like so if they, they sat in silence. Yeah, they they like lowered their number because they weren't confident. They weren't poo poo, right? Mm. I was just like, wow, that's and and and, and I'm thinking of looking back at different interviews that I've had, and I could almost see myself doing that. I did, and and it was just like because you want, it's like you have this anticipation. It's like I want to get hired. I don't want to. I don't want to reach for the stars and be like, well, uh, like you don't get it because you're asking for too much. Yeah. But the men go in there knowing the value that they are offering to the company. And I think the women know the value they offer, but they don't, they don't they need the job so much. They're afraid to ask for the next step. Yeah. If they lose the job, what, because we're thinking consequence if we lose the job, yes. we might be the only mm -hmm. breadwinner. Mm -hmm. And I don't, don't necessarily think that men don't think it, but I, I feel like we are, we cling on to this because we've had so little control of our own money yeah. that, that we just, because I did this. Mm-hmm. So when I was a, a chef at Disney, yeah, I was applying for um, a promotion, right? I was like going through that stage and I was coming back in, having left for a very short, brief period of time doing something I found that I never want to do ever again. Um, I am definitely not a data input processor number thing. It makes me sleepy as all out for me, right? Oh God, put me behind a desk and I will fall asleep. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> like produce and marketing sales because I really do like talking to people, but you have to start on entry level, which is like sitting in front of a computer and taking orders and putting it in. That I, I was, I, it was killing my soul. Like I found <laughs> out that's not for me, not my thing. Um, so when I went to apply back again, they asked, you know, what is your, the salary you want? And I remember having this internal conversation. Well, I don't want to ask too much. Right. I don't want to seem greedy. Right. Greedy. Yes, that is right. Awesome. I don't want to seem greedy. Um, I know the value I brought to the table, but I wasn't sure I was expressing it well enough in my negotiations. Oh. Right. Cause sometimes it's more of like a feeling or intuition for us women, um, and so I do remember being like accepting like the first offer and, and everybody kept telling me, don't accept the first offer or counter offer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like really trust myself. I'm yeah. fairly young and still really new in the world of all this, yeah. um, of saying, okay, I can counter offer and I want to counter offer for an extra, you know, $10,000 more a year or, or $20,000. Like what, what would that limit be? And would I be okay if they pushed back said, all we can offer is this? And I said, well, I really prefer it. Like, what is that negotiation that women really, like, what was I struggling with in that moment, right, inside of that? So I think when you look at, you know, when we were talking with her, she's like, and the other interesting thing about that was she noticed that, that we talk ourselves back, mm -hmm. right? She goes, when I ask the question differently, I got a better response and I actually got confident in the answer and how they wanted to get paid. I didn't have them go backwards. It took asking the question differently mm -hmm. to a woman. So what was the difference in how she asked the question? Um, so a lot of things that she saw on resumes typically with women are different businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, typically we jump from our business. We have a shorter time span. If something doesn't feel right, we'll leave a company, Right. Uh, so that tracks on a resume. It's like, why were you there? And so she would ask and she would look at where they spent the longest time. And she would ask, what did you like that had you stay at this company for this long period of time? Right. 
And then they would give her an answer. And then she really knew kind of how to, to dive in to have them have confidence and then ask, you know, okay, so the, what's the salary you're looking to have? Because you've been inside that really good feeling of what you want. She goes, asking that question. She goes, when you look at some of the guys' resumes, they're like, yeah, I jumped from this business to this business to Excel. I got this education, this training, and I was doing this, right? So typically it was just a different approach. And she says, once she started changing the questions and really um, talking into the woman's strengths of like what she wanted to do, she's like, I started hiring more women. She goes, it was easier. Hmm. She's like, but initially I didn't realize that it was the changing of the question that brought the confidence forward for women mm-hmm. to then have them ask the price they wanted and be willing to say, that's what I'm worth. Hmm. So yeah. it's a little bit of a digging for us. And I hmm. found that in- really fascinating conversation, mm-hmm. honestly. I'd love to sit down and bring her on our podcast because it was a really interesting look from a corporate perspective of what it looks like to bring women into those high-end revenue areas because it's a lot of times it's us and it's also knowing how to bring out the best in a woman well it's it goes down to the mindset piece like this Mm -hmm. is where I come in because it's like well as women how come we can't have that confidence as a man is it because somebody's told us that if we act that way that we're a bitch Mm-hmm. And it's not acceptable for a female to be that kind of person or um, aggressive. Things yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 There, and there is a little bit of a different standard in our culture for a man that acts very assertive and aggressive. There's a different standard for a man than there is for a woman that does the same thing. So the question is that I always ask myself is, am I okay Regardless of what anyone else thinks about me, what whatever I've done, like maybe it is perceived in a different way. Am I okay at the end of the day, just being okay that that's part of who I am? Mm. And for me, the answer is absolutely. Because I've had people along the line as I've built my business tell me certain things that just take me back. And oh, I have yeah. to think mm-hmm. about them for a second. I have to go, wait, what? am I doing that? And I have to like, kind of like look at myself and go, am I doing that? Is that actually hurting somebody else? Or is that someone else's perspective? And I can let that go. Is what I'm doing actually hurting somebody? Is it actually it out of alignment with who I want to be? Or is it just a perspective thing that somebody is saying, oh, you're X, Y, Z? And it's like, okay, I don't need to accept all of the opinions about me. And I can be okay not accepting all of the opinions about me. And that's not an easy process to get through. No, no. it's not because this is something I still deal with to this day where I ask myself this question all the time is like, somebody said this, am I okay with this? Like, can I just let that go and just let me be me and still love me? For that part of me that somebody else sees as either aggressive or pushy or whatever. And that's maybe not how I intended it, but that's how it came off. And I, can I still love that part of me? And the answer is 100% I can, but it wasn't easy to get to that point. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is a, an interesting <clears throat> conversation because I love talking with women around this because we all talk about money and we all talk about well, our hangups around it, right? And we all talk about, and it really 
I found like I've run different types of businesses, coaching mm-hmm. businesses, mentorship businesses, um, product-based businesses, um, ran a restaurant even. And I think this plays into that. It's like when you own a restaurant and you're the hat wearer of everything, mm-hmm. um, it really does look at like, what is it you believe? What do you know you can do? Um, and where do you ask for help? The the thing is, is that there's so much, when you, I when I started my business, especially as being a restaurateur, I had a great education around culinary. I thought I had a great understanding around branding. I thought I had a great understanding of how a restaurant worked. But when you own the physical establishment and you're responsible for every element of it, um, what you, you what you realize quickly is that you can't do it all. Like you are literally one human being. And if you continue to play the game of, I'm going to do this all on my own, especially like I am not a bookkeeper. I I know that from day one, I took bookkeeping or accounting in college and it was like not my jam. I always knew you can give me the numbers to read. I understand it, but necessarily writing down that detailed, tedious tracking crap, like not my world, right? I do it if I have to, but not because I want to. There's a difference, right? Um, and there are geniuses in it. Like when we talked to you yesterday, she's a mad genius. She loves being in that world. Like numbers are light her up. Like that kind of person, you're looking for those people. Mm-hmm. You're looking to create either a bartership or or somebody to work with in that. And I think we have to stop being scared of that word. What's it going to cost me to hire somebody? Because I think we look at that a lot. What's going to cost you not to? <clears throat> and I think that's the better question is that we get so afraid of hiring or paying somebody for their work. And here's what I know. <laughs> if you need them and you'll figure out how to pay for it, like you will always do what you need to do to be able to have that person there because the amount of stress that takes off you as an entrepreneur means that you can focus in on your genius mm-hmm. and let somebody else be in their genius. It, sometimes it's like you have to look at how much time this is going to give me back when you hire somebody. I mean, it's like when you hire somebody, either what they're doing for you is going to increase your income. It's it's either going to increase your income or increase your time. Yeah. And, and then how you use that income and time is going to be the biggest difference in how and and how beneficial that hiring is. Yeah. It's like because it's like it's how you use your resources is also determined in how, how the, the success of your business. I mean, and when you get into business, isn't your goal to help people? And I mean, like, I mean, reality, like if I the reason I'm building this business is not only to create more female millionaires in the world, mm-hmm. right? But I also know that I have an opportunity to employ and help other people in my community and around the world because with this company's growing I can hire people and I can make their lives better based on the the background the choices the information we want to make and the movement we're creating with this company right right so it's twofold not only do we get to help women create more millions but our goal is even those that join our company that work for us have that same opportunity to create their millions Right. Like that would be the win win in everything that we create. Not only do they get to work with us, but then they get to learn how to keep that money moving forward Mm -hmm. as a as a whether you're an employer or you're 1099, whatever, like how that's structured. There's opportunities to to really have more women understand how unique they are in the world of business and just how much value they bring in. That's the yin and the yang to what's out there already. 
Yep. And when we talk about, it's like, you know, we, we start talking about the financial structure, financial plan you have for your business. And sometimes I think we often put it off because we're like, well, I'm not making any money yet. Mm. It's a great time to put in a plan before the money actually starts coming in. Because sometimes it's like if you we get emotional around money. We get emotional. No. <laughs> no, Karen, do we get emotional around money? Never. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, yes. We get really happy. We get, <laughs> we get, we like money, people. We really do. That's why we call it unlocking your millions. You yeah. know, like we like money. Anyhow, um, it's like, so having that plan put in place before the money actually starts coming in. So when the money starts coming in, you know what to do with it. Mm. It takes, it's not to take the emotions out because women were emotional beings. We just are. We like that, by the way. And Stay emotional. It's like it. we want to embrace that about you, not to discount that or to get rid of it. Yeah. But having that plan in place, it gives a structure for your money and money needs structure. Yeah. Money needs a plan. And it's like, so that you keep it going, you keep it moving and it doesn't just, just run out the door before, you know, because sometimes it has a habit of doing that. <laughs> well, you, you talk about having that financial plan and then hiring people. I think that financial plan, um, can grow as your money grows and as oh, yeah. your money grows, you can go, okay, this is how much I'm allocating for employees yeah. to pay people. Yeah. And if you are overpaying or um, you have things that you're paying for that you can let go of so that you can pay somebody to do the work for you, like figure that out, you know, like there, there are things that you can still do in your business too, you know? So there's yeah. that, you talk about that yin and the yang, it's that balance of figuring out um, do I have it in my finances too, that I can pay for somebody so that I'm not on this hamster wheel of feeling like, oh my God, I have to pay my employees. So now I can't, I can't pay myself because I have to pay my employee first. That's yes. crazy talk. You, you are the captain of your ship. You should pay you first. Like sure. this is like, so mind boggling to me because I never, never would consider doing this, but I realized that there are females out there. And even Katrina, you have said this, you did this where you paid your people first before you paid yourself. Yep. That just makes you feel like, what am I doing this for? I'm working so hard and I'm not seeing anything at the end of the day. And that just burnout. Hello. That's where we get burnt out. We get so burnt out because we're trying to help other people before we actually fill our cup. Yeah. So now you have to sell more. So now there's a pressure yeah. to sell more and there's a pressure of like, do you raise your prices? Are you doing a sale? How do I get like the revenue coming in? And it creates another level of stress because you put everyone else above you mm -hmm. and now you definitely don't want to continue forward. And then the business is deeper. And like I've the, when I did my last business, I remember apologizing to the both, um, to the people that were working with me because I recognized that by having put them first over myself, I didn't want to be in my business. Right. And so unfortunately, you know, the, the downside of that was because I didn't have that financial plan in place and I didn't even really, I, like, I knew about it. I've been working with business coaches. Everybody talks about it, but there is something about implementing it for yourself. If like, for me, I'm a visual learner. So sure. if I don't see how to do it and you just tell me that I should do it, 
I, it goes I in and out. Concept. It's all conceptual. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to connect a web page to an email provider. Like, ah, <laughs> like it's too conceptual. They talk about like, oh, let's just connect here. It's like, yeah, but that's not like a physical, like in my world, like connection. For not me, it was the Facebook pixel that I was like, oh, what do you want me to do? What's a pixel? And I'm like, where does it go? Why does it go on my website? I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, what's a pin on Pinterest? Yeah, what's a
and we will tell you this in anywhere, whether it's in the restaurant business, physical product, a repeat customer is worth $10,000 more than a new customer. Yeah. Right? Like ideally or 10,000 like times more, right? Because they've already believe in you. They already believe in the company. This is why Apple users, I love you guys, right? Even though I'm not an Apple user, I find it super fascinating, the culture that was created. So mm-hmm. you talk about a product-based company, but it has a mass community behind it. It's got the movement. And every single time a new product phone, something comes out, there's a line around the door to get to be one of the first to have that in their hand. Mm -hmm. There's such a culture of, oh my God, I got this. And oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. And there's this sense of of being part of the company by having the phone, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's really interesting when you're looking at how are you building a business? What are you doing to continue making that and I know this is going to be a big piece. I know we talked about this and I've talked with other women, but community and that like culture of business is going to start triumph. Like they still, it's going to become more of what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be less around just selling you a product. And really it's going to be coming around. What's the community? What's the movement? What's the culture around this? And that's being driven by, um, a lot of the kids today, it's like, we don't want to, they, cause they don't want to just have a job anymore. They want to be part of something bigger. And I think when you look at how that's going to impact us in words of business and marketing, community, culture, movement, ideals, um, trust, all of that is going to play a really big part, especially as web three comes into play and it's more virtual, more relationship built, less posting on a billboard type of a thing. Uh, you're going to start seeing a, a request from people, protect my privacy, show up authentically, deliver what you promised, stop being outrageous. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be the big, the biggest piece I see moving forward. Yep. Mic drop. True, true, Ooh. true. Exactly. So I think with that, we can kind of wrap it up because this was a really, really good conversation. And um, I want to encourage you that if you loved this, please give us a five star on any of the podcast places that you're listening to. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Oh, you're getting fireworks behind you. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing all the fireworks happening behind Heidi and Katrina right now. But if you're not, I'm sorry, you missed out. But if you're on YouTube, you got to see that. Give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and tap that subscribe button as well, because that way, You can continue to listen to us and connect with us because we're going to continue to support women in unlocking their millions. Um, So if you haven't done so already, we want to invite you to join us inside of Unlocking My Millions. We're literally showing more females how to actually start enjoying their business again, how to actually start having more fun, play and ease around the whole process of your mindset, your money and your marketing So if you want to join us and go to truthballmarketing.com, we would love to hang out with you and have fun with you. Um, But until next time, we will see you inside the community.